Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play using the Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective copyrights, trademarks, and related material. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for their hard work creating such wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. Kalik, Eobard, you awake? You see trees above you. You see Jador standing above you. Valum hovering over your face. You see Shevnik's body. Valum, you've been promoted! <laughs> <laughs> and Eobard, as you're walking, all of a sudden you notice that the shadows start growing deeper. Oh, hello, little devil. <laughs> Malthus. Malthus. Valum climbing along behind you, and you hear a, and you see Valum fall and slam into the side of the cliff, and you see blood. Well, cut that. Cut the rope? Yeah, he was destined to die, obviously, so. Uh, Kalik, you moved to exhaustion level two. Your speed is now halved. How you doing back there, Eobard? I preferred the goblin cave! Aspen, you've reached exhaustion level four. Your hit point maximum has been halved. You make your way towards this overhang, and this is what you see. A village filled with yurts. Oh, oh. Hell of a front step. Heroes Not Included. It has been a long and grueling climb. And the hike across the glacier it has not been better. Between deep snow and having to watch out for crevices and snow bridges across ravines and the continued exposure, it has been a rather grueling experience. Unfortunately for you, none of this has slowed down Jador at all. In fact, if anything, as soon as you came inside of the village, his pace quickened a bit, clearly anxious to get there. Through the wind and the ice blowing, uh, you can see the village ahead. It sits in a sheltered rock overhang where the glacier meets the rocky side of the mountain. When the wind blows, which is most of the time, snow whips off the surrounding drifts, and you can see that it surrounds the settlement in huge piles of snow and white. From where you are, you count about 20 yurt-like structures, and you can make out the light of a large fire. Uh, The closer you get, the more you notice that the overhang is massive, and that it extends far back into the mountainside. And you notice that the fire is larger than anything you've really seen before. As you get closer and closer, you can also start to make out bodies standing in front of the fire, and some look like they are headed your way. Until finally, you're within sight, and you see a bunch of other humanoids about the same size and color as Jador. One is he of the smallest? <laughs> no. Is he the smallest giant? No, he's, he's not the smallest Goliath, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, they're all about the same size, and they immediately greet each other. And one of them is wearing a large number of beads. And uh, she is clearly being treated with some level of deference. And as she comes forward, she sees you guys kind of huddled behind Jador. And she says, Hells, I am for Lokag, who is keen eye of Storm Thun Ukalathi. It is Mott that you have come, Amduprat. And looks expectantly at all of you. I say, uh, I didn't catch that. (laughs) Okay. Could you please take the gum out of your mouth? (laughs) Uh, You get a quizzical look from her. Okay. (laughs) Just like she didn't understand what I said. (laughs) We have a problem. (laughs) What that is? Uh, What's Shador doing? Uh, He's kind of looking at you like you know. Hey, uh, so introductions. Yeah, I mean he's kind of you know like. I, I got you here. Okay. <laughs> uh, you have arrived. <laughs> uh, I bow my head. Okay. I'm going to say, hello. I'm happy to be here. 
Okay. Does Aspen do anything? I think Aspen is like super duper out of. He's an exhaustion four. He's barely. He's barely awake. Yeah. He's barely conscious. So Jaw Door uh, says something using some kind of sign language to the chief, and the chief kind of nods and says, "Ah, come, come," and uh, she says it in a way that gives you the impression that she thinks that none of you are really that bright. Mm. <laughs> She's taking us to reception. <laughs> and uh, you see quite a, a large number of individuals as you move into the camp, all of them, again, relatively the same size as Jador. And they're all kind of looking down at you as you walk in and notice, noticing that you're all in various states of, of exhaustion and on the whole looking rather travel-worn, mm-hmm. ragtag. And you're getting a lot of curious looks. Uh, Jaw Dwarf kind of leads you, though, towards this bonfire. The bonfire itself is roughly about 10 feet high. And the flames licking off it are another five or six feet. From your perspective, this is just, this is the most ludicrously large fire. I set Aspen right next to it. <laughs> well, yeah. A little bundle. That's where uh, John Dorr. Uh, a little packet of potatoes packet. on a campfire. I, I, every 10 minutes I rotate one quarter turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, it. that is in fact where John Dorr uh, had put Aspen from off his shoulder. He puts him in front of the fire. And there's some more sign language that gets spread around. And. Jador kind of looks startled for a second. And he walks over to you, and he pats you on the head, and he says, Come. Come. Oh, okay. And you see another person kind of fall in line next to Jador, relatively about the same height. And he, he looks at you, and he says, I am Unthal, Lone Hunter. Also a Goliath? Yeah. Okay. But speaking eloquently? Yeah, speaking pretty good common. All right. Pretty good common. Uh, and says, I am the chief's son. You'll have to forgive my mother. Not many of us travel to spend any time with humans or the smaller folk. Then how, how, did, how did you become so eloquent? Uh, I spent a great deal of time coming back and forth from our village to ten towns. Okay. That same climb that we just made? No, another one. Uh, one that, well, I don't know, you might make yourself. If you uh, choose to go to Bryn Shander. I was waiting for, no, there's a path, like literally <laughs> one mile up. <laughs> he took you the long way. Jador oh, uh, always does that. <laughs> he just joshing you. <laughs> he says, Jador sent a, a message ahead, and he walks you over to an urt, and he ushers you into the urt, and you see lying in a, in a pile of furs, you see Valum. We have learned from our time spent with humans that you value weakness. And Jador has reported to us that he is the weakest of you. There's none more valuable. <laughs> so uh, we sent warriors to fetch him. Great. He should recover. Oh, great. <laughs> well, tell him to hurry quickly. I need I need new vestments. <laughs> and he kind of he kind of looks at you like so. Yeah, you know. Hey, well done, right? Yeah. <laughs> you like weakness? We got your weakness. It's beautiful. <laughs> Good job. He says. Yes, it is a strange custom, but we wish for you to feel welcomed. Now, come. We have a feast prepared. Look over my shoulder again. You see Valum is <laughs> piled under all these furs, and he's passed out. Uh, he looks like he's been through a lot, but uh, he seems to be resting comfortably. Great. <laughs> Rest now, little Valum. <laughs> A uh, lone hunter escorts you back towards the bonfire. And on the other side of the bonfire, uh, you see uh, this large lodge. So we are surrounded yes. by six and seven foot people. More like seven and a half to eight feet okay. tall people. So we just see chests everywhere. At best. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at best. Chests. Shins. Calic's a little crafting. lower, so mm-hmm. you're probably looking at a lot of belts. Mm-hmm. A lot of belt buckles. <laughs> Good area. They're, you know, these are all very, very tall. And it's weird, having traveled now with Jador, you, you had kind of, in some ways, grown accustomed to his height. But seeing him uh, around his kin, uh, you do feel this, this sense of, wow, I'm kind of short. <laughs> <laughs> I assume I still feel a slight weight on my right shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just as I look around, I kind of think in my head, go look around. Mm. Master wants me to look. I yep. will look. Find trouble. And you feel the, the weight kind of lift okay. off your shoulder. 
you're walking around the fire, and uh, like I said, you're, you're taken towards this rather large hut, if you will, a lodge. And everyone seems to kind of be making their way into the sweat lodge. And you see standing out in front of the sweat lodge, you see another woman who also has a lot of beads, but also has um, a variety of hoops and uh, gold jewelry and lots and lots of intricate tattoos. Bones? Any bone work in there? Yeah, some bone work in there. Lone Hunter leans over and says, this is our shaman, Akun, Skywatcher. And sure enough, as you step forward, the shaman looks at all of you and says, Akun, and points at themselves, and then says, who? And points at you. I, I stand up very straight. Okay. And say that I am Eobarthon. Okay. And I am here for reasons <laughs> that a week ago would have been very apparent to me. <laughs> and I am here for reasons. I am here. <laughs> I think we're supposed to bring someone back. No. 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 I say, Valum. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> okay. You introduce yourself? I do. <clears throat> I point to uh, I point to me and then I bow again mm-hmm. and as I come up I say I am Catholic and Skywasher looks at you and says wet and uh, <laughs> then you see someone coming up you don't really see a lot of old people but this one looks maybe more middle aged and they're carrying Aspen and Aspen seems to be doing a lot better in fact he's gotten rid of his fur blanket because. John Swinton. You know, between you rotating him and John Doerr just kind of planting him right in front of this 10-foot tall fire, <laughs> uh, you've recovered uh, enough to be conscious and, and uh, well done. you all realize that you're very, very hungry. And as you come inside, uh, Lone Hunter kind of points at a few more individuals. Uh, the person carrying Aspen, he points at them and says, that is Pavu. We call him Flint Finder. And then points at another one and says, that is Vimok. We call him Root Smasher. Root Smasher and Flint Finder are our tribe's elders. And as you go into the lodge, which from your perspective looks as though it could house an army, by the time the entire tribe gets in there, it's actually quite cramped. Um, There's benches running along the side. There is a, a massive fire pit in the middle. And above the fire pit, on a spit that has been rotating, is the largest animal you have ever seen. It doesn't look like a moose. It looks larger than a moose. It looks like an incredibly large, well, without a lot of its skin or anything, it's tough to say, but you would say a massively large cow. Mm. But it is really, really large. Someone is still kind of turning it above the spit. Is it blue? Is it a giant blue ox? It is not a giant blue ox. I'm afraid that in no way is Jador related to Pulp Onion. <laughs> well, uh, that's pretty obvious, considering I don't think Pulp Onion would eat Babe. Probably not. Well, I mean, desperate times. <laughs> Everyone finally has made their way in and sits along the benches, and you're invited to sit along uh, the bench at the far end of the hall where uh, the chief, Kenai, and Skywatcher, the shaman, as well as uh, Lone Hunter, are sitting. It takes some doing to kind of get on top of the bench because, you know, they are scaled slightly up. Mm-hmm. As soon as you sit down, Kenai stands up and and begins speaking in a language that you do not know. You only recognize occasionally the occasional word only because you've heard it before, like Mm -hmm. Mott, for Mm -hmm. example. And Lone Hunter uh, leans over and says, My mother is speaking in giant, which we use most often. She is telling the tribe that you have come from the deep water city to hear news of the giant attacks and to do something about it. Uh, Lone Hunter continues to translate for her, and uh, he essentially tells you she's welcoming you, they're glad that you've come from the Deepwater City, that you will find out why the giants are attacking and why the Order has been sundered, and that she dreamed of you, mm-hmm. and that uh, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy. Mm. And everyone kind of nods at that, nods, nods. And then, according to Lone Hunter, she introduces all of you. And uh, she introduces you in a rather peculiar way. 
she points at Aspen and uh, she, according to Lone Hunter, introduces Aspen to the tribe as Squirrel. And she introduces Kalik to the tribe as Wet. And she introduces Aobard to the tribe as Rapey. Raven! Creepy Raven. And at each point that she's introducing you, you see everyone kind of give you rather peculiar looks. And then as soon as you make eye contact with anybody, they, they immediately look back. They immediately look away. You could have looked out worse, Cal. Like you could have been like fish or something instead of just wet. Sweaty. Or, <laughs> or my favorite, moist. Moist. <laughs> Damn. Hello, I'm Calic the Moist. <laughs> yeah. Some may know me in the giant levels. <laughs> please, 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 please start referring to yourself yeah. as Calic the Moist. That might stick. <laughs> That's just too good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so after she's done introducing all of you, she says something in the form of an exclamation, and everyone kind of cheers and shouts. And Lone Hunter informs you that she's blessing the feast. And the shaman then comes forward and begins throwing things towards the beast. Uh, you're not entirely sure what it is, but every time it... It's salt. I'm sure it's Every salt. time it comes close to where the beast is, um, you see little blue sparks. Ignite. Totally salt. It's enchanted salt. <laughs> enchanted salt. Seasonal. One season. <laughs> all seasons. Yeah, all spice. He's yeah. cast Mrs. Dash. <laughs> Dash. Uh, once the shaman is, is convinced that the meat is properly seasoned, everyone gives a big shout, and Lone Hunter says, Now we feast. And you see the oldest Goliath that you have seen since your arrival. Gray hair, clear wrinkles. You can see at one point in time was probably quite strong, but you can see that some of the muscles have gone a little bit to seed. Comes forward and hands each of you a mug. How big is the mug? Well, the, the mug works out to hold about a liter. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to a pint. At the beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about a liter or so. Uh, in your case, Aspen, it is far more than uh, is good for any kind of single serving. It smells sweet on the nose, but it tastes rather bitter, almost spoiled. Mmm, for tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little. Ice tequila. It must be Zima. I make a note <laughs> to watch where this particular elder, you said this is like the oldest Goliath we've seen. Yeah. I take a note to watch from where he takes meat. Because the one with no teeth is the one you want to watch. <laughs> they know where to find the tender goods. The tender goods. All right. Yeah. All right. One of the other elders, Vimak, you believe, uh, begins carving up meat from this animal. And um, you're each given a portion that is obscenely large by your standards. But that looks strangely appropriate in everyone else's hands. <laughs> I count the forks from the left. Ah, there are no the forks. the third fork. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are no forks. There are no utensils. You were handed a large slab of meat on a wooden truncheon. And, yeah. Rustic. Some bread is passed around. And people begin eating and drinking, and there's conversation. You see some sign language. You see some people eating. And, uh, yeah, it's... It, no one seems to be talking to you or coming up to you or interacting with you, including uh, the chief or the shaman. But everybody is definitely enjoying themselves. So the meat uh, tastes pretty good. It's very gamey mm. and uh, a little on the tough side, but um, it has, it's definitely well cooked. I don't know if any of you want to like make a nature roll to see if you're like, hmm, I know what this meat is. I'll do it. But 22. 22. Yes. Well, you've only heard of these creatures. You've never actually seen one. But based upon the accounts that you've read and heard about, you think this might be mammoth. I've never even had mammoth before, but I'm pretty excited because I've totally heard about them. <laughs> and they're super big, and I'm super small, so it feels pretty cool to be able to eat one because yeah. I wouldn't be able to take one of these down on my own. Who's winning now, mammoth? <laughs> <laughs> Top Aspen. of the food chain. You show him, Aspen. <laughs> Aspen one, mammoth zero. <laughs> And while, while he's saying that in the back of my mind, I think, found anything interesting? And you hear, no, very poor, very filthy, not very interesting. Mm. Cabbages. Cabbages and cabbages. Oh, great. My cabbages. I see. My cabbages. <laughs> and I think, 
help yourself to the large meat animal. Ooh. I go back to looking around the room. Okay. Uh, you go back to looking around the room, and, and the thing that you notice is that other than Steady Hand, everyone here looks pretty young. Steady Hand, is that his name? Yeah, Lone Hunter told you that his name is Pathani, and that he is called Steady Hand. Yeah. He's the one who brought you the drinks. And he, even he looks to be maybe middle-aged tops, like 40s. Everyone else looks considerably younger. He's just Dad Goliath. The feasting continues for quite some time until finally everyone seems to like quiet down almost simultaneously and kind of resume their positions on the benches. And by this point, um, you've noticed that the brew that they've given you to drink is very, very strong. So you're all well fed and feeling fairly warm. It's nice and warm and cozy in here. But yeah, everyone seems to, you know, quiet down at once and take their seats on the benches around the edge of the lodge. And you see the shaman stand up next to Kenai, Skywatcher, standing there, raises a hand into the air. And upon raising the hand into the air, you see Steady Hand strips off all of his clothes. The shaman begins to dance around Steady Hand and occasionally sprinkles things on Steady Hand and spits on him and rubs various herbs and things I say, are you sure it was a mammoth on the spit? Because I think they're preparing the second course. <laughs> Didn't look anything like him. I, I don't know. It was skinned and maybe. <laughs> but I'm seeing some seasoning and some tenderizing going on. <laughs> I think this is different. I think this is like a spiritual thing. Oh. Yeah, it hits him with a few uh, small little bushes, bundles of, of bushes and things like that. Bay leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you see that the chief is carrying this incredibly large great axe. Oh and my god, it uh, was a circumcision! They're going to board him! It's the ordering! It's the ordering! I didn't realize that they did Are, are you starting to freak out a little? I say, I'm a little worried. I say, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, this really, really large great axe and holds it out in front of Steady Hand and, and bows her head. And Steady Hand takes the great axe, hoists it up over his shoulder, and begins walking towards the exit. And you see the chief fall in step behind him. And as he passes people along the bench, those Goliath fall in step behind. And then the following ones fall in step behind until you're starting to see this train of tribe members begin to exit the sweat lodge. Following the naked dude with an axe. Following a steady hand who is naked, carrying a very, very large, very, very large great axe. Well, this is weird. You guys want to follow along? Yeah. Yes. I guess. I mean, the show's taking. The show's going on the road. So if you want to see yep. anything else, you have to. I'm tired of sweating along. in the sweat lodge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the the temperature is a little on on, on the high side uh, for you. I have actual sweat. I mean, not just the water that normally is. There. Actually, really, for all of you, because all of but you it's are very musky. You know, all of you are, are fairly used to you know above the the forty yep. latitude. Mm-hmm. So we're at groin height with a bunch of sweaty people. <laughs> You make your way outside, and you see that this train um, makes its way through the snow, through the various huts, until at the very edge of the village, you see everybody stop. And you see Steady Hand turn, and he looks out at everybody at the village, only for a moment, then turns his back to everybody and begins walking out into the glacier. And at that moment, you hear uh, a lone elk horn blow, a long, deep, resonant note. Steady Hand continues to walk until the icy wind and the snow drifts obscure him completely. About a minute or two passes, and then everyone begins talking loudly as though they were still feasting and making their way back to the sweat lodge. The heck is this? If he makes it back. He is a man. <laughs> yeah, 40, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you, you know, uh, Lone Hunter is, is, is kind of taking himself, uh, taking upon himself as being a kind of escort, so you're, you're welcome. You could always ask him. Yeah, I guess I look up at Lone Hunter and I was like, well, what the heck is this about? Ah, it is Steady Hand's time. To walk naked into a snowdrift? He is too old to be of help to the tribe anymore. He must survive on his own. It is between him and the gods. 
I say, that makes sense. Uh, your people, your rules, man. But his name was Steady Hand, so I don't, I don't quite see why you're throwing him out just yet. But I guess sometimes you gotta throw the whole dude out and start over. So you know, you do you. Seems very optimized to me. And all of a sudden, it dawns on all of you why you do not see any old people here. Nor do you see anyone who is sick. No, we're in Camp Logan's run. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone uh, finally makes their way back into the sweat lodge and they begin feasting some more. Um, that goes on for about another hour until people start to leave the lodge. And it's at that point that Kenai approaches you and looks at Lone Hunter and kind of nods and signs something and Lone Hunter nods. And Kenai looks at the three of you and says, In a drum, I have seen... Jotun wandering all verdant without guide or direction. Their rad now is null, and all people slaver in a great creek. The Isa Jotun come for ten towns, and this onfall is only the first, and looks at you expectantly. Uh-huh. So there's a slobbery creek. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that, are they talking about Calic? No, no, I think He's I heard um, um, one particular what? kind of giant is something and then an ice giant. I'm guessing Jotun is giant. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, <laughs> Lone Hunter sees that you all are struggling. Yes. And leans in and says, My mother says that in a dream she saw giants wandering across the earth without any kind of guide or direction because uh, the Orient is no more and that all of the people of the earth becoming enslaved as a result of this. And then she says that in her dreams she saw ice giants coming for ten towns and that that battle would only be the first of many. What's an Ording? The Ording? Um... Kenai says, The Ordin is Mott of the Jotun. It is Dodd, leaving only Slag and Fair. Lone Hunter says, uh, The Ordin is, it is the structure by which giants organize themselves. And he looks at you and says, You are uh, uh, an important of the person of the humans, yes? Absolutely. He says, I think the word is class. There are certain giants who belong to a certain class. And each giant belongs to a specific class, and it was designed so by um, the gods of the giants. But now the ordering, the ordering of them is now dead, is 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 gone. Uh, a divine ordained class system. I can understand and get behind that. Um, it seems then that the giants, without any obligation to follow the ordering, are now trying to work their way. Oh, they don't know their role. (laughs) Yes, yes. They they do not know their role, and they are trying to create new ones for themselves. Mm. This must be stopped. (laughs) Kenai looks at you and says, The Jotun slag to see who is most mott. Their Kong is missing. And Lone Hunter kind of looks at you guys like, Did you get that one? Yeah, we're going to find their Kong. (laughs) Yeah. Is that peanut butter? butter? (laughs) 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 Jigs. Yeah, but he kind of... What I interpreted from that was they're all fighting and quabbling because a power vacuum has been created because their king is missing. Way to go. You're starting to get the hang of this. I'm hearing this language. Yeah, you're hearing it. (laughs) You're starting to read it. Lone Hunter says their king is Hecaton. King of all giants? King of all giants. He is a storm giant. The storm giants are at the top of the Ording. And he is the king of the storm giants. He is the king of the highest class. Yes. The only king that giants have. And he is missing. There is no one to control them or to put things right. At this, Kenai looks at all of you and says, Only the Ording can end the slag unfair. So we gotta find this king guy. Anybody know what happened to him? He just up and disappeared one day? I'm guessing a storm giant king is not one who's easily... I'm guessing if he's missing, he's missing of his own accord. Could be. Or his gods took him or something. No. I mean, if there's gods involved, there's all sorts of weird stuff that can happen. 
Kenai then looks at you and says, Will you go to ten towns? That's where it came from, right? No. No. It came from it came from Mirabar. Oh it started in Waterdeep, but eventually right. yeah, out of Mirabar. You hiked up into the Ten Towns is where we're supposed to go because that's where it's gonna get attacked. It's an Icewind Dale. Gotcha. So it's on the other side of the spine of the world from where you guys started. Oof, do you have a way to get us there? Lone Hunter says <clears throat> uh, points at Jador and says Jador will take you. Just, Giant Slayer. Just the one guy? Giant Slayer brought you here. Giant Slayer can bring you there. We kind of ping-ponged us through some mountains, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... Anything you can technically walk away from. <laughs> we had a gnome sickle. <laughs> you did have a gnome sickle. Um, and so anyway, he looks and he says, Raven, will you go... To Bryn Shander. Bryn Shander? It is one of the ten towns. Ah. Yes, I would like to go from here. What? Would you go? I will. Squirrel, will yeah. you go? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready as soon as, I, as soon as I get my stuff and maybe have a nap. I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. It was, a, it was a long trip. Lone Hunter turns and looks at his mother, and there's some sign language and some giants spread back and forth. And, and mother, the chief, Kenai, she looks at all of you and she says, Mott. Mott. And uh, with that, she goes uh, back to feasting. Lone Hunter says, I imagine that uh, you are all very tired and in need of rest. Mm. So... I will show you to where you are staying. It's this drawer in my dresser. <laughs> <laughs> I made it up just a little bit, just for you. And um, it's Steady Hands' place. Uh, <laughs> a new uh, yurt has become available. <laughs> Fresh opening just today. A bunch of conversations about how much she loved life. This is this <laughs> funny furnace. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I wake up thinking how great everything is. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? It's hot on the market. You want to get it while it's hot. He walks you into this urt and you see several beds um, overflowing with furs. And buried in one of them, you see Valum. I say, oh yeah, Valum's alive. Oh my god, mm. Valum! Wow! How did uh, this happen? And Lone Hunter says, we know that uh, humans value weakness. And he is your weakest, so we saved him. I say, you hear that, Valum? You <laughs> saved the day. <laughs> Congratulations, Sir Valum. <laughs> I go, you value weakness? Oh, absolutely. Look at that little guy. <laughs> I would have left him. Lunar <laughs> just says, yes, it is curious. And it is our custom to reward the strongest, the bravest, the most intelligent. Often reward... <laughs> but humans often reward the most cowardice and the least intelligent mm. and the weakest. He's really landed on with the trowel, isn't he? <laughs> he seems <laughs> right up the O'Byron's alley. Yeah. <laughs> he, says, he says, it is a strange custom, but we wish to honor it, and so we have saved him. Mm. <laughs> we are the tribe, the backhanded compliment. <laughs> Say, absolutely, Valum is a king amongst our people. Yeah. <laughs> then it is good. Uh, you will be warm in here tonight. Uh, we, yeah, we'll make a little burrow in the side of this mountain of furs here. <laughs> we, we have laid uh, torches together. They shall keep you warm. And sure enough, you see that they've stacked uh, these overly large torches into like a little fire. Next to the door, he puts down a couple wineskins, exits and shuts the door behind him. Aspen does a swan dive into one of the, into one of the fur bed things. Okay. Yeah, um... Nestles in there like a little mouse and goes right to sleep. Out right cold. out. Man, yeah, I'm tired. A little buzz, a little full, little exhausted. Buzz. Okay. I see. So we came all this way to find out we have to go to ten towns. Birmingham. <laughs> one of the ten towns. To tell them that the frost giants are coming. Am I missing anything? Nope, that seems to be the dream. It's not that difficult to fall asleep. Nope. You're all incredibly tired. Um, meat was very heavy. Meat. Got the itis. The, the mead. Was the stuff in the wineskins the same stuff that was in the sweat It's water. Lunch? It's water? Nice. It's really cold, but it's, it tastes really, really good. I bet that's great, though. Calic, you notice that it is just, you know, it's pure glacier, glacier water. Mm. Pristine. Yeah, it's quite tasty. 
But yeah, I mean, it doesn't take long to take you guys long to fall asleep. There's just piles and piles and piles of fur that you kind of climb into. You get all snuggled in there, warm, cozy. But you are all awoken, startled awake, in about the middle of the night to a scream. Balam finally wakes up, and he bolts straight up in bed, screams, until he kind of is awake enough to realize that he is no longer falling. He kind of looks around the space a little bit, and he, you know, he spies you. He says, oh, my lord, I, I thought we were doomed. I would like to do a thing. Okay. okay. I would like to cast sleep. Okay. On Valum. You're like, I don't even care what your story is. Shut up. (laughs) I'm trying to... I was in a beautiful place. I was cozy for the first time in forever. Yeah, I roll five die eight, and that's how many hit points worth of creatures I can affect. Uh, So 18. 18 hit points worth of people. So I would like it to affect Valum first. Oh, well, he's out cold. And then me. And then when I'm out, does it continue affecting people? After Valon, Valon must have close to 18 points or something in that neighborhood. Whatever his health points are, you subtract from the total right. rolled. Right. Valon has five hit points total. <laughs> <laughs> you have it on me. It won't, it, won't, it, won't be enough, it won't be enough to put any of the rest of us to sleep. Why are we taking this guy? <laughs> so I see him go, my lord! <laughs> yeah. I see this little hand outside the like pile of fur. Yeah. Sparkling. Yeah. I walk over and I place a gold piece into the hand. It curls around the gold piece and withdraws into the blankets. Uh, yeah, he's just a commoner. And then I go back to sleep. Yeah, and then all of us go back to sleep. I feel like I had a little a nightcap. The residual effect of that spell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's just a commoner. That's all he is. <laughs> he is a knight, I will, my, I will remind oh, you. Yeah, uh, excuse me. <laughs> he is a knight. He is a knight. He's a winner. But you know what he lacks in stats he makes up for in enthusiasm? Yes, he's the Rudy of our team. <laughs> he will someday start. Mm-hmm. Someday. <laughs> yes. Start falling down the hill. <laughs> start getting into trouble. You know. All those start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you go back to sleep. Skipped right past that cutscene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't want anything to do with it. Since there's no windows and uh, the yurt's very well insulated, it's very difficult to tell what time you all begin waking up. But you feel like you have slept for a very long time, so you all are now uh, officially fully rested. Beautiful. Yes. Val kind of wakes up a little bit and he. Stands up and he, he walks over to you and he goes, My lord, do you need me to climb in and, and warm you? Throw back. I say, <laughs> I say, Valum, you know the answer to that. <laughs> and I raise up my fur <laughs> and turn on my side. <laughs> Little spoon action going on. <laughs> That's why we keep him around. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> right. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Valum is going to warm you. I sigh at his, his insufficient blubber. <laughs> yes. it's, it's only keeping part of my back warm. Yes. He's, he's, <laughs> there's not a lot to Valum. He's, 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 you uh, fail as a knight and you fail me as a space heater, Valum. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? What would you like to do? Waking up? Wonderful night. Aspen? Kallik? <clears throat> Gonna get out and put my furs on and kind of like stumble out of the yurt. Kind of like stretch and yawn. Do that kind of thing? And, okay. and just look around and see what's going on. I roll out of the furs and I instantly just hold my arms out. Valen begins dressing you. You um, step out, you open up the door and you see that the snow has collected uh, that uh, you, Aspen, cannot see over. Oh boy. Uh, can I jump and see over it? Yeah, you can jump. Okay, I don't want to jump and just kind of like pop my head out, like. Yeah, you jump up like this. You jump up again and you come into a couple, several hops so you can get the full picture right. of what it looks like outside. And and uh, it looks like um, the Goliaths are uh, milling about, going about sort of. Uh, Haven't it all down yet, man. Hate that Sunday snow service. Mm-hmm. You could just jump out. Yeah, I'm just gonna climb out. Scramble. Okay. You see, uh, as I kind of scramble up over top of this. Snowdrift, and as soon as he gets over the top, you see him go. Oh, <laughs> right, oh boy! It. Until finally, you hear a 
Squirrel? <laughs> and you yeah. see Jawdor kind of come into view, and you see he kind of pulls Aspen out of the snowdrift and kind of shakes him off a little bit, puts him on <laughs> his shoulder, <laughs> and he looks at you and he goes, Food? Uh, yeah, sure. And uh, you see Jawdor kind of walk away with Aspen. This is so him. much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You notice that the snow that is collected through the night it comes up to Jador's knee. Mm-hmm. He is walking along paths that have some paths that have been shoveled through. I uh, walk out of the yurt. Okay. And uh, I notice this, the drift of snow. Yes. And I just jump up in the air like it's nothing and do a double backflip <laughs> onto the other side of the drift <laughs> into the clearing. Lovely. I was wondering when we were going to go more kung fu hustle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my hands fall down gracefully, and my uh, my hair waves as a calm stream. I watch this. <laughs> uh-huh. Valen finishes dressing you in what is left of your worldly possessions. Good enough for now. And then I reach over by the door, grab a shovel, and hand it to Valen. <laughs> and I say... Go on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, my lord. Yes. And he kind of pushes the snowdrift out of the way, enabling you to walk out with some dignity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see that the bonfire uh, from last night is continuing to burn. Probably not a big surprise there, seeing the sound. There's quite a lot of material that went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you notice that um, Jadora has taken Aspen further back underneath the overhang and out of view. Mm. I suppose I should describe the yurts the to you. Uh, they're made of, of wood and bone, and uh, essentially a variety of animal furs. In the daylight, it's a little bit easier to see how the village is laid out, and you notice that they're arranged to create a kind of wall between the cold of the glacier and the wind, with the more important yurts and the lodge seem to be further under the overhang, mm-hmm. away from the cold. I walk over to the large fire. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, you get within, you know, about uh, ten feet of it, and you are warm. Uh, what goliaths do I see in the area? Uh, in the, that I met, I should say. Uh, yes, you see uh, Pavu and uh, Vilmak, and uh, man, I only wrote down last names. Uh, you see Flint Finder and Root Smasher. Mm-hmm. Both elders. Yeah. That's why they're up early. <laughs> gotta, go, yeah. gotta go do a couple laps at the you mall. You know what? Wall. <laughs> right old lady. buffet. <laughs> Senior discount of 24 plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I just kind of walk over towards them, and I just kind of bow and say mm-hmm. good morning. I head over to the sweat lodge. Okay. Uh, upon entering into uh, the, the sweat lodge, you see uh, Lone Hunter... Uh, in conversation with Skywatcher. I just kind of go take a seat on the side. Okay. Kind of hang out. Just hang. Okay. Sweat it up. Sweat it up a little. It's so dry up here. My skin's like getting ready to crack. Not only is it dry, but you guys are at an altitude that it's really difficult to breathe. I mean, every breath is an effort. Whenever that happens, I take some water and just... Pour it on my face so that I can. <laughs> a little short breath. I will drown myself. Ah, better. Ah, I feel much better. I can breathe again. I love being made of water. Elbard, <laughs> what would you like to do now that you are standing outside of your yurt and you see the uh, village kind of going roundabout stuff? <laughs> All I can think is that I want to get moving on. I hate this village. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, this this is rustic to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder what it would take to move on to the next part of our journey. We know that we have to go to Birmingham. You've called it Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to Burning Man. We're going to Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) We're going on tour? Yeah. need to build a crazy bus. <laughs> well, uh, you saw Kellett go into the lodge, and you're not sure where Jaw Door went. Ugh. It's Aspen. He doesn't stick out as much as he normally does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of blends in. <laughs> Looking for the bald, tall, muscly man. <laughs> um, all right, I'll head to the lodge, just assuming Okay. that's the largest concentration of... You walk into the lodge to find uh, Lone Hunter and Skywatcher in a conversation, and um, Kallik saying... Lone Hunter? No, a steady hand. Never mind, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you find Kallik sitting on one of the benches near the trough fire, uh, looking 
like he's trying to get a sweat on. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit like a sauna. See, I know. <laughs> I hate this place too. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready to leave. We we should. We, can we go? <laughs> I, I need I need water, <laughs> and not the kind you can drink. Mm-hmm. I just, huh? I need the, <laughs> the bathe <in> water. I <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I am, I'm not thirsty. Your people probably have more words for water. Oh, your people. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> going there now. Yeah. Hey. The captain didn't tell me I had to do all this. <laughs> I thought I was just going to go enjoy a, a, very, a very nice meeting of some mm. weird bureaucracy that I don't really care about, but it would be interesting to watch. Don't lose your serenity, monk. <laughs> <laughs> and as... as <laughs> Part says that my hair begins swishing <laughs> as a moderately oh. rapid creak. Just ooh. yes, <laughs> the ocean is fickle. Tired of ice. It's not good water. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what happens when this monk reaches his breaching point. <laughs> Does he start to boil? Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing it's turns... here. He boils a lot quicker than he does. Down I know that the, I know <laughs> the sea level. It doesn't take long for the ocean to go from calm to very nice. Not calm. It seems his, his his fuse gets shorter and shorter the higher up you go in elevation. <laughs> <laughs> I take a deep breath. My water-looking hair begins to calm again. I go, shall we go find our small friend? I believe they refer to him as Squirrel now. I make a note that the monk has a more exciting side that I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see come out. Um, yes, let's get moving. <laughs> Uh, I stand up and start walking out. So, Aspen, Jador has walked you further and further uh, under the overhang. And uh, you see that at the far back of the overhang, they have several fires lit. And you see a waterfall and creek running along the back of the overhang. And right up next to it, you see that they have kind of made a, a modest little garden. Hmm. Uh, it looks like mostly cabbage and root vegetables. Cabbages. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you remember last <laughs> night, you, you already know about the cabbage. <laughs> Even uh, the fly. <laughs> <laughs> that little. And you see that um, Jardot puts you down and he begins picking uh, some of the cabbages and he looks at you and he says, For food. Yeah, no, this stuff is great. Did you do this? Is it iceberg lettuce? (laughs) (laughs) He kind of bends down and he picks the head of cabbage and he looks at you and he says, Same. Okie dokie, buddy. Your head is like a cabbage. (laughs) I I start gathering some stuff. Okay. Yes, I like carrots. They're good traveling food. And uh, he then hoists you up onto his shoulder and uh, begins walking back towards the main part of the village. As you guys are walking back towards the main part of the village, uh, you see Kalik and Elbard coming towards you. Kalik, Elbard, you see Jador uh, coming towards you with Aspen on his shoulder, and you see in Aspen's hand are this huge pile of carrots. Mm. Um, and you see Jador is holding lots of cabbages. And when he sees you, he smiles and he says, Olo. It's good. Hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Mm. Mm. And he, he kind of points at his hand and he says, Food. Yes. And he walks right by and starts heading towards the village. They're back that way. There's also some water, I think, Calic, that you might be oh, interested in. Oh, he wants us to get food? Mm. Well, that's why I'm carrying stuff. Excellent. And I just snap my finger. <laughs> and then I would keep on walking towards, uh, towards Jador. Okay. You snap your finger and... Um, a few minutes later, you hear shuffling <laughs> come running up behind you. It looks like Valum has already fallen in the snow. <laughs> Good. Already. <laughs> once this morning. You make us proud with your weakness, Valum. <laughs> My lord? Yes. Just keep it up. Sir Valum. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, my lord. Um, uh, you, you call? Yes. Go gather as much food from over there as you can carry. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, my lord. And you see he kind of 
stumbles and slips and slides on the snow as he makes his way back towards him. He's got this. Um, you guys want to follow Jador or do you want to follow Valum? I follow Jador. Okay. I follow Jador. It's going to pick crops. Really? <laughs> Even after I told you that there was water that way? Yes. There's not water the water everywhere. he wants. <laughs> mm. I thought it just had to be moving. It's all about discipline, young Aspen. I'm not sure if you're younger than me, but you are now. (laughs) But probably younger than you. I I don't know. I don't know how old are you. Uh, I don't. I I don't know if I know how old I am. I'm kind of young. I don't know how old I am. Well, given how small you are, I'll consider you younger than me. That's not how size works. <laughs> I've tried to tell you, Cal, like, that's not how size works. <laughs> I heard size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. It's, I was told I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all about uh, what you do with what you got. You know what it comes down to? Yep. What if you're small and incompetent? <laughs> your valum and you have to pick the vegetables. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. If you would like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at heroesnotincluded.com. Heroes Not Included is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Podbean. Please rate, review, like, and share us. We'd love to hear from you. Your continued support is critical to our success. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. As a patron, not only will you be helping keep the lights on, you will gain access to patron-only content, including a special patron-only Star Wars podcast. Visit the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next week, be the hero. (laughs) 